Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to episode 153 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I said that I was going to stay away (laughs) for a couple of months. And it looks like maybe it was just a couple of weeks. I can't help it. I got to come back. I've got things to say, and we just got to keep chugging along. So I wanted to start this episode out letting you know that for the last 152 episodes, the format has been interviewer and guest, right? So listening to either a home birth story or interviewing a midwife or other care provider or professional Today is going to be different. Today is going to be the first solo episode that I've done besides the pilot introduction. I'm really excited. This is something that I've been pondering whether or not I wanted to do for a while now, and it just feels like the perfect time. So what I've done is in the last week, I reached out on Instagram inside of my private Facebook group, um, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community. If you aren't in there, I really encourage you to jump in. So I reached out and asked what topics do you need more support with? What do we need to learn more about? And that's what I plan to cover in these solo episodes. So we'll be doing more interviews and solo episodes, sprinkling both in to hopefully give you a more well-rounded approach to your home birthing experience. So with that being said, if you have topics that you would like to have me cover, make sure that you reach out, you know, either when I'm putting up questions and polls on Instagram stories, or if you are inside of the Happy Home Birth Podcast Facebook group, those are both great ways to get in touch and let me know what you would like to hear about. So today's topic that we're going to dive in with first, the first show is how to keep your birth space sacred. And right before we jump into this, I wanted to give a quick shout out to our reviewer of the week, who is Mer Jo. She said, love this podcast. As a fellow home birth mom and a holistic birth doula, this podcast is equal parts inspiring and educating. My favorite part of my day is when I get to listen to my podcast to and from work or any time that I'm driving. Thank you so much for compiling these amazing stories of warrior women. And that is the truth. You guys are such warriors. So Mir Joe, if you would send me an email at Caitlin at myhappyhomebirth.com, I'd love to send you a happy home birth podcast sticker. All right, let's go ahead and jump into our discussion. How are we going to keep our birth space sacred? I loved this question. How do I keep my birth space sacred? And as I pondered this, I thought about the fact that this is a really deep question to ask. It's a really thoughtful question. When we think about how mainstream culture views birth, is there any sacredness to it? Or have we ripped and yanked and pulled all of that sacred glory out of it? Now, I would, you know, I could counter and say birth is always sacred. And it is. There is there is something that is just innately sacred in birth. But there's a difference between knowing that something is sacred and experiencing it versus it, it actually just being sacred. You know what I'm saying? So something can be sacred, but we could totally miss it. Whereas if we are recognizing that it's sacred, we really can 
take full advantage of that and soak up all the the good and the beauty inside of that experience. And that is what I am assuming that this mother was asking about. And that is what I would love to see all of us as mothers be able to do is soak up every bit of the gift and sacredness that this birth is. Because as we've talked about in previous episodes and with uh, previous guests, birth is a rite of passage. It is something that culturally and through time has been considered a sacred event. And when we know that it's a sacred event, well, we tend to plan for something like that, right? We would really put emphasis on it. And it would be so amazing if more mothers were able to realize how sacred it is and that they were able to put that emphasis on preparing. So clearly that's where we are. We are wanting to have a sacred experience. So as we consider how to have this happen, I've got seven different little points that I think if we cohesively consider them all, it will help us get into the mindset of preparing for something that is a rite of passage, that is truly life-altering. So number one would be to consider who you let in to that birthing space. So take time for all of the people, whether it's one person or three or more, take time prenatally to form deep connections. Now, you know, we may be thinking, okay, well, my husband's going to be there and I'm already connected to him. So that's fine. I can write him off. No, (laughs) no, no. I think that taking time prenatally to connect with your spouse, taking time to get on the same page, even if you think that you already are on the same page, carving out a specific time once a month, once a week, preferably, if you can do it even more often, but connecting with one another, asking what questions do you have about this experience that we're going to have together? How do you see your, how do you see your job? How do you see your role? You know, what, what concerns do you have? Both of you sharing your hearts and connecting emotionally around this specific topic of birth is massively helpful. In fact, of all of the feedback that I've gotten from Happy Home Birth Academy, I would say that the most positive feedback I've received has been regarding the Prepare Your Partner module and the worksheets that come along with that where the two of you sit down and actually have prompts to help you walk through all of the different aspects of getting on the same page and feeling as though you are a team in this because of course you are. So not only, of course, are you going to be doing this with your partner, but we need to discuss how you are going to form this relationship with your midwife as well. And this is going to look like a few different things. The first thing that I would be really upfront about when you're meeting your midwife or as soon as you think about this and you're going to see your midwife is letting her know that, hey, I really want to make this a sacred experience. I really want to put a lot of thought and uh, really master my mindset over this situation so that it can be a sacred experience. And then let her know what that means to you. So you can talk about some of the things that we're going to be talking about, some of these seven points. Uh, but it also means letting asking her, when you show up, how do you typically show up for a birth? And how do you typically interact with a mother when she's in labor? And then 
let her know what it is that you would like in your labor. Do you want her to mostly be sitting on her hands and waiting for when she's needed? Or are you expecting her to be a little bit more involved? Obviously, it's important for us to remember that midwives are the medical professionals. So if you're really wanting someone who's going to be, you know, providing counter pressure the whole time and uh, working on the emotional side of things, then that is when we would want to consider a doula as well. But some midwives are more hands-on. Some midwives are uh, more medically minded as well. Is that what you want for your birth? We need to kind of figure out the relationship dynamics so that we can be on the same page for how this is going to be a sacred experience. And while getting on the same page and having that type of discussion is genuinely deeply important, that's not, that's not all that I mean. I mean forming a deep connection outside of just how are you going to take care of me during my labor. We're also just talking about knowing this person, connecting to where you know this person. That's why the midwifery model of care is so safe is because it gives us a chance to actually know the person that is with us and it gives them a chance to know us and to know our baby. So it may seem sometimes like when you go to your prenatal appointment, well, you know, she checked my blood pressure. She checked the baby's heart rate. I peed in a cup, but it wasn't a lot. You know, the rest of the time was spent talking. Remember that that is hugely important. We are mammals. <laughs> mammals need to communicate in some way. They need to connect. Midwives and mothers need to connect. And it may be spending time talking about your favorite band. <laughs> Obviously, there are other things that we want to be talking about too, but it is just finding ways to connect with one another. And that is relationship building. And that is one way that your birth will remain sacred when you're on the same page and when you're deeply connected. This goes for any other birth professionals that you may hire. Like say you're hiring a doula. You would obviously want to take time and make sure that you have connected to this person as well. At least having a feel for how everyone is going to interact together in the room can be very helpful. Now, number two, we had consider who you let in for number one. Number two is consider who you leave out. That might sound unkind, but you may want your mom and mother-in-law and cousin, but is that a genuinely good idea for your birthing experience? There are some families that are so close, and and I've been to births where a mom has had her mom, her mother-in-law, her sister, her cousin, her great aunt, you know, all of these people in the birthing area, and it's worked out beautifully. But I would say quite a vast majority of people tend to be very internal and be very exclusive when they're giving birth because this is such a vulnerable, intimate event. So just because you love your mom and just because you adore your sister or your cousin or just because your friend asked to be there because she wants to see a home birth doesn't mean that you have to invite them. And if you think that it could interrupt your uterus, which my uterus definitely got interrupted during birth, if you think that it could interrupt your process, I would err on the side of caution. You could always invite somebody when you're in labor 
and you feel like, oh, yep, I've got it down. Come on over while I push or whatever. You could always do that, but it would be harder to uninvite someone, though you may have to. Okay, so we're going to consider who we let into our sacred space. We're going to consider who we leave out of our sacred space, which only makes sense when you think about it. And number three is consider how you set up. If you want to be reminded that birth is sacred as you're giving birth, then you may want to make the area feel sacred to you. How you do that, of course, is up to you. Perhaps it is putting up twinkle lights. A lot of people love to do that or stringing those birth affirmations. It may be just making a labor nook, making a cozy place in a room that you already find cozy. So oftentimes that may be your bedroom. And hopefully it's great if it's located close to the bathroom because it's good to be able to go back and forth from bedroom to bathroom. So just having a space set aside for your labor, whether you actually end up using it or not, can really add to the sacredness of the event. And even just preparing that space, if you can get into the mindset of this is sacred and you use every moment to feel that, then just preparing the space is going to add a level to that feeling of sacredness. So number three, remember, was consider how you set up. So we had consider who you let in, who you leave out, how you set up. Number four, and I already really talked about this in number one, so we'll we'll go through it quickly, but that's just to be on the same page with your spouse. Like I said, spending time connecting together is massively important for that. And even if you think that you're on the same page Go ahead and talk about it because it makes a huge difference. My husband and I have talked about this in previous episodes, but I thought we were on the same page with my first birth. We didn't talk about labor at all. He assumed that I had it down. I knew what I was doing. I was a pro and I assumed that he would know exactly what I needed. So we totally miscommunicated and it left him feeling really unsure of his role during labor. It didn't end up being some terrible situation. It's just that when we looked back on it, we realized, oh, wow, we could have capitalized on that a lot more if we had prepared. And if I had explained to him how sacred I felt that this moment was, that would have gotten his mindset right to really be able to support me in his role. So number five is that you've got to convince yourself or consistently remind yourself that it is sacred. If we want it to be a sacred experience, we need to be reflecting on that, meditating on it, praying on it in the prenatal time, you know, while you're pregnant. Why don't you consider this and think on this when you're lying in bed or when you feel your baby kicking and moving around and take that as communication because it is and then think about how this whole process is sacred how you were entrusted with a new life, a totally new human in your womb, and you are now going to bring that human from inside of you, who is part of you, to the outside of you, something totally different, a totally new being. How sacred can you get? It's the most amazing thing in the world. I think I'm about to tear up. So remember that you've been entrusted with something sacred. This is sacred. Like I said at the beginning, it's sacred no matter what. If we can wrap our minds around the fact that it's sacred, then we get to enjoy it so much deeper and appreciate it for what it is. 
So if you treat your pregnancy journey as sacred, which it is, then the birth is going to automatically flow from this place. You know, it's going to flow from your heart. It is sacred. You know it's sacred. You've been basking in its sacredness for 10 months now. And then number seven is to remember that postpartum is sacred too. Get on the same page about how those first minutes, hours, and days will go with your birth team, especially with your spouse. Are you going to call your family like ASAP? Or will you wait several hours or days? When will visitors come by? Remember that you don't get that time back. You're meeting your child for the first time. You want to soak in every little drop of this experience. You want to give your body the time to release all of those hormones. You know, your hormones are changing so much throughout labor. And then there at the end, holy moly, there is a chance for such an oxytocin high. So don't tamper that. Remember that this time is sacred. It's the golden hour. It's the sacred hour. Really soak in all of that goodness and it doesn't end there. It continues on through postpartum and guys, motherhood is sacred. Every day is sacred. Every day is such a gift and such a blessing. If we could remember that this life is so sacred, how much more joy could we feel when our child is ripping the ornaments off of the Christmas tree? I'm not saying that this is coming from (laughs) experience, cough, cough, but how much more can we appreciate all of the little intimate, vulnerable moments, all of the difficult moments, both in labor and in life, if we can just remember that this is sacred. So I hope that those are helpful. We'll go through them one more time. So remember, it's consider who you let in, consider who you leave out, consider how you set up, be on the same page with your spouse. You've got to convince yourself or consistently remind yourself that it's sacred. And if you treat your pregnancy journey as sacred, the birth will automatically flow from this. And remember that postpartum is sacred too. And then my final bonus point is that I really believe that if you want to experience this situation, this pregnancy, this labor, this postpartum as sacred, you should surround yourself with other mothers who feel the same way and who are wanting to experience the sacredness of their motherhood journey. And that is what I am putting together right now inside of something called the Home Birth Collective. So it's going to be a very intimate, a small group of mothers who are looking to suck all of the juiciness and goodness out of pregnancy, out of birth, out of motherhood. And it's going to include tons of live trainings. It's going to include a massively expounded version of Happy Home Birth Academy. And then it's going to also include prenatal centering. So group prenatals with midwives and with myself. It is something that I am so excited about because basically what I've done is created the thing that I want most. (laughs) I thought, what in my ideal world as a pregnant mother, what I want to be a part of. And I am creating that right now. So if this sounds like something that you would be interested in, if you want to be one of those mothers that enjoys the sacredness of this birth experience 
all the way into motherhood, then go ahead and sign up on the wait list. You can go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash collective, and there's going to be more information coming out about this in the coming weeks, so stay tuned. I hope that you enjoyed this first solo episode. It was really fun for me, and I look forward to coming back. I will see you back here next week. Merry Christmas. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.